Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Welcome to a new year and a new podcast with an old subject. I'm Ken Rundle and with Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager, I'm going to explore the strategy behind first nitrogen applications. Farming being what it is, this sounds like repetition, but the times when it was just a case of doing what had been done before are long gone. Nothing now is routine. We live in volatile times when it's not just markets that change rapidly, so is the weather. And Natalie, the autumn and winter of 23 certainly proved that. It shook up many a farming rotation. Yeah, I mean, it's been such a difficult year for anyone in farming this autumn winter so far. Um, the rain was just relentless, particularly across the middle of the country in particular. Um, you know, you've got, you can't help but make a comparison to 2019. Um, I guess, unfortunately, the difference there was in 2019, the rain um, was earlier on in the autumn. So therefore, crops just never got drilled. Um, whereas this time, there was a good drilling window beforehand. So that meant a lot of crops did get drilled, which is why we've, we've got so many crops underwater at, at various points, which is, you know, it's really sad to see. Um, but yeah, it's very location dependent with kind of north, very north and very south seeming to, to be doing quite well. But then there's just that band across the middle of the country. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of variation around around the place. But there has been a disastrous effect on the winter wheat crop. Yes, yeah. Um, in particular, as I mentioned, you know, because so many people managed to get drilled up before the rain came, it's it's just, yeah, decimated a lot of what's out there. And if you think stuff sat in water for a long period of time, um, you know, it doesn't do that crop any good. So it's, to some extent, it can recover, but, you know, a lot of people have had to write crops, crops off altogether. Have we any idea on the, on the, the, the amount of wheat we're not going to have for, for next season? Um, well, we, we did a poll at, at CropTech and we're going to do one again at, at Lama next week. So we will have some more kind of knowledge there. But, you know, it was a, a really wide range. We had people saying that they were 100% happy with their, their crop. And then we had others saying that they hadn't drilled anything altogether at, at CropTech. So, um, yeah, it's just really, really varied out there. I wouldn't know what the average would be in terms of what people have lost. But it's, yeah, it's not not good. Yeah, I've heard figures of sort of 60% quoted and so on, yeah. which obviously means there's going to be a huge increase in alternatives like spring barley. But let, let's stick with wheat. Um, there is some wheat to wheat to consider. What are your thoughts regarding nutrition for that crop? Yeah, um, so obviously there's a couple of scenarios, I guess, depending on how badly your crops have been affected. Um, the problem with the waterlogging is that the excessive amounts of it um, start to impact the crop, as I mentioned, and particularly the, the root system. Um, and if you think of a crop, it's kind of got primary roots and then secondary roots as well. And it's those secondary roots that have the, the larger surface area and uptake potential really for nutrients and water. And what water logging does, it, it starts retracting those secondary roots. They start to retract um, by the crop, which means you're left with the kind of shallower primary roots that just don't have that same capacity um, to scavenge as, as the others do. So, you know, either way, we need to build that root system and that would be the same of any crop in the spring, but particularly some of those compromised root systems, we really need to get them going as soon as possible. Um, and we know particularly phosphate is important for that and important for, for rooting. Um, the other problem, I guess, with phosphate is it doesn't like cold, wet conditions either. So the availability in the soil is very low when they're cold. Um, so that's why we always kind of advocate putting a fresh application of, of 
and K um, on in that spring window because you've just not got that availability from the soil. So ideally, that first application would be um, an MPKS compound, something like Yoramila 52S um, would be the ideal at that timing. Um, if you don't want to apply an MPKS, you've just got straight NS products, then um, you can always go down the foliar phosphate option. So crop boost in particular is a good alternative if you're just trying to get the energy into that crop because phosphate is really important for energy as well, energy transfer in the crop. Um, but of course, you know, it's got small amounts of, of phosphate in there, so it doesn't replace crop offtake values, for example. I suppose as far as nitrogen is concerned, it's a case of timing things with regard to rainfall and soil temperature. Yeah, definitely. And um, because of how things are, you know, again, we're held by the weather in terms of when we can go with that first nitrogen application. Yes, we want the crop to be growing first as well. There is, there isn't much point putting something on a crop that isn't actively growing because it's not got that capacity to take it up. So, you know, we need to get out there with the spade, check that the roots are white, the tips of the roots are white. That uh, shows that the crop's then growing. Um what we also need to take into account, I guess, is the fact that we're going to have some backwards crops and we're also going to have some, you know, relatively normal crops and we can treat those two differently. Um, if you've got a normal crop, you know, go ahead with your normal 70 to 100 kilos of, of nitrogen at that first timing. If you've got a backwards crop, there could be a case that you might want to split that first application. You know, if, if you're not sure whether that crop's going to make it, so you don't want to invest much money there is um, kind of cause to split that first 80 maybe into 40 if the crop responds, come back seven to uh, 14 days later, you know, with your second application. Um, that can be risky, obviously, if you can't get back into the field because you've pepped up that growth, you've forced it to start growing and then, you know, you've started to stall it again. So, yeah, it's, it's very much about risk management, unfortunately, this year. And knowing your soils, knowing your fields, etc. Yeah. It's very much down to real farmer judgment this time around with yeah. just with what you've just said, the boot and the spade, really. We've not mentioned sulfur very much so far. What about sulfur and, and nutrients like it? Yeah, so sulfur in particular, you know, we know how important that is if we think of nitrogen and sulfur, that relationship that those two nutrients have. So, you know, most of the time, you need your sulfur with your nitrogen. So not very often would we advocate straight nitrogen, maybe for your protein application, that's about it really. So if you're going to go with an MPKS or just an NS, you know, it, it always needs to have that sulfur present. And the reasoning is because of that close relationship. So if you haven't got the sufficient levels of sulfur, you're going to start to impact your nitrogen uptake, utilization, efficiency, etc. So, um, if we are trying to increase that nitrogen use efficiency and get the most out of the nitrogen, it makes sense to have the, the sulfur with it as well, because, you know, that will in turn increase the, the nitrogen use efficiency. So far, you've focused on winter wheat, but as you've outlined, there's going to be a large area of alternatives to consider, especially spring barley, if, if the farmers can get hold of the seed, which I gather <laughs> yeah. is in very short supply at the moment. Now, at the time, Sheds are going to be full of fertilizer ordered, ordered with wheat in mind. Is there anything farmers should take into account as far as that's concerned? Um, well, I guess um, there's different requirements for, for spring barley. Um, obviously, it depends if you're malting contract or not. Obviously, there's a lot less nitrogen applied to, to those crops. So 
Um, I'd, I'd say it would be nice if farmers had sheds full, but I'm not sure they do. <laughs> so I think people, you know, have looked to waited to see what they've got um, and then ordered accordingly. But yeah, obviously some of these spring crops do have a lower nitrogen requirement, so there could be some surplus out there if, if people have ordered ordered the lot. Um, but you know, most spring crops and alternatives like I don't know linseed things like that, you know, they will have a much lower nitrogen requirement. And of course, there's time to plan. It's it's uh, it, they've still got to wait for the ground to be dry enough to get onto yes. the ground anyway. So there are a few weeks more to to get, to yeah, get their plans in progress. Yeah, you've mentioned a lot of nutrients have been will be leached out of the soils and flushed down the ditches. Would you recommend more soil testing to know what's there and what isn't? Yeah, I mean, soil testing's a routine or should be routine anyway. I know you have to do your um, whole farm within a five-year period. So, you know, people will be doing soil testing anyway. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing more soil testing, but maybe pay more attention to what the results are showing and not just use it because you've got to, to do that testing. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, a lot of things will have leached because of that excess rainfall in the top layer of the soil it's going to have taken a lot out of the soil profile um so yeah see what your results say but uh, off the top of my head if i think you know things like boron in particular leach um in these kind of conditions so it might be something to look out for boron deficiency things like that um but you know you know your farm better than, than anyone else so just utilize any data that you've got really um if you don't want to do soil or you you know you've not um, got around to doing them there's also obviously tissue analysis that you can do mid-season as well if you want to know what's in that crop and you know sometimes the soil analysis is great but it doesn't always translate through to what's in the crop so you know getting that tissue test will show you exactly what is in the crop um, but of course we're a bit early for that yet <laughs> yeah the other thing of course is there's going to be all kinds of damage done to soil structure let alone the nutrient yeah. balance and so on there's a huge amount of work to get done it strikes me yeah well, it's, i suppose it's been a quick and uh, rapid run through here what's your summary as far as this is concerned what are the points to remember yeah so i guess what we need to do really is build that root system back up that's potentially the the most important thing at the moment we need to get uh, tillers onto those crops and we do this with early higher rates of nitrogen so we need to make sure that we're going with high enough rate of nitrogen to make sure we're, we're pushing for those tillers because there is that kind of cutoff of uh, third week of March where the crop stops producing them. So, you know, we've only got a relatively short window to, to get as much out of the crop as we can. Um, so, yeah, make sure you're, you're going with the, the right rate, right timing and potentially that P&K. Uh, and if you can't get um, large amounts of P&K on then maybe think about the foliar option because it is there it will kick start the the crop into growth um but i guess if you are doing that make sure you follow it up with a fertilizer application because what you don't want to do is is give it an energy boost and then let it kind of falter after that so make sure you keep that momentum going thanks natalie it's not been easy so far and it's also likely to be challenging in the months ahead but folk like yourself are on hand to offer some guidance aren't you Natalie Wood is Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager. I'm Ken Rundle, and I'll be focusing on grazing in our next podcast. So join me in a couple of weeks' time. I wish you all the very best for the new year ahead. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.